everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, January 15th, 2017. Dylan McAvoy is as good as gone, and Derek Young is a total sleazeball. <laughs> I mean, right down to the greasy hair and goatee, I am going to have to name Derek Young as this week's worst dressed. <laughs> Oh, the undercover makeover was just not good, okay? Not not the pinky ring, not the leather cuffs that he was wearing, not those cheesy sunglasses. It was bad. It was a Miami Vice 2017 style reboot. Blah! It was a little exciting to see the reveal, I'm not gonna lie, but the, the overall makeover is gonna have to be a giant thumbs down for me. <laughs> I liked the story, though. I had a good time watching it. Dylan, his his mission, Dylan's mission, or Derek, Dylan's mission and Derek's life <laughs> is, is to meet with Alex, who is the underling of a big drug lord, and his plan is he needs to pass the test with Alex in order to get to meet this big dog drug dealer guy in Miami and take him down. Problem is, there was a hitch in the plan <laughs> because Alex is not a similarly sleazy drug lord guy. She's a sex pot woman. <laughs> Alex is um, a lady in a, a tight, short dress. Um, it, I think it might have taken a little bit of skill to wear that dress with out revealing her hoo-hoo in a basic instinct style show for, for Dylan slash Derek. I mean, like, every time that woman stood up and sat down, I thought, ooh, girl, you're gonna have to really make sure to cross those legs strategically because that dress was tight and it was short. I mean, I, I it was it was amazing that anyone would be able to pull off wearing it. Uh, the actress did a pretty good job. She looked familiar to me too, by the way. I don't know if I've seen her somewhere. Does anybody know where I might recognize her from? So maybe she just has one of those faces or something, but uh, she was definitely given the sex <laughs> to Dylan. And not only at this point does she dress the part, but she talks the talk and walks the walks. She wants to get it on with Derek. She is ripped up and ready to go. And I'm pretty sure that she also wanted to bake a cake with him because she kept bringing out this little baggie that was filled with powdered sugar or flour or something. Uh, did that little hotel room have a kitchenette or uh, with an oven in it? Uh, it's it's going to be really hard to um, bake a cake and weigh out all of your ingredients using a credit card. It was bizarre. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Dylan's challenge overall is that he has to talk the talk. He has to walk the walk or risk blowing his cover. And that means that he has to be willing to go all the way if needed, compromising his own personal ethics to get the job done. And if that means kissing this woman, even though he is still married to Sharon, uh, even though Dylan McAvoy is married, Derek Young isn't. And so he's going to have to go along 
along with kissing her, making out with her, possibly having sex with her. He's going to possibly have to do drugs, even though Dylan McAvoy would never do such a thing. She's there pressuring him to do a line and he is not going to blow his cover by saying, you know, pretending he's he's uh, too good for it or that he, he would never do such a thing. He has to become this person. He's totally committed. And we know from uh, his previous conversations with Christine, where she was explaining the assignment to him, we know that Dylan is willing to die for this. So the very last scene of this set showed Dylan walking out the door following this sexy, coked-up woman to go meet this big drug lord dealer and kind of taking a moment, breathing in the atmosphere and realizing that he is about to walk into something that could be very dangerous. And I don't know if that was the end of Dylan. Was that the final Dylan scene? I have no idea. It's entirely possible that we're going to see more of Dylan next week, but... Frankly, if that was the end of Dylan, I think it was an excellent cliffhanger because we've been shown throughout the course of this past week that Dylan is willing to do whatever it takes to get this job done. And yes, he has managed to dodge doing anything completely amoral so far. He didn't, you know, even though she was pressuring him to have sex and they did a little smooching and maybe a little light, uh, heavy petting <laughs> on the bed in the hotel room, he didn't go through with it. She was tempting him to do the drugs, but he found a way out of it. So at this point, we've managed to see him dodge all of that so far. So... I kind of feel like if this is the end, then the audience would be left with this burning question of, well, how far is Dylan willing to go? Will he go all the way? And I, I, I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that with all of the exposition that was going on between Paul and Chris about how dangerous this situation is, I'm still going back to the argument that I've been arguing for a month now. I feel like Dylan is going to go out there He's going to meet the big drug lord. He's going to continue to be Derek Young. And even though I think he might complete his mission, I just have a feeling that he's ultimately going to be presumed dead. Maybe, maybe Paul and Christine will know the truth that he's still alive and will be forced to keep that secret from Sharon. Nick is Mr. Mom. <laughs> he is one step away from ironing a grilled cheese sandwich while watching soap operas on TV. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> uh, I've seen it a hundred times. Um, okay, enter Nikki. Nikki has decided that she's going to help out Nick by organizing a few baby inter babysitter interviews for him. I was kind of hoping that he would pick the chubby girl. <laughs> They went out of their way to show how nice the other one was, but hey, I've been fat on and off for my entire life, and it would just be nice to see someone on the show who weighed more than 130 pounds. <laughs> That's just me. On the larger scale, I do appreciate seeing this side of Nick. We had some scenes this week with him and Noah, him and Faith, and of course, him and Christian, and I am starting to think that 
that it's really important for the audience, for the viewers, to see this evolution of Nick's character uh, as a parent. We He has three kids, and we don't really get to see him being a parent to them. I like seeing him going through this. I like seeing him trying to be this sort of single dad who is trying to juggle it all. Plus... By the way, for as quickly as Nick yanked Christian away from from Dylan and from Sharon, I think we need to see him trying. And now that Dylan is gone, Sharon is all alone. She is alone in the house. She's feeling alone in the world. She has lost everything that means anything to her. Christian, Dylan, and Faith doesn't even live there anymore. So maybe this is something that Nick and Sharon can bond over. Maybe they can bond over being parents together. And I am kind of wondering, just by that little scene that they had uh, at uh, the, see, I think it was maybe Thursday or Friday show, I'm kind of wondering if maybe YNR's teasing a Nick and Sharon reunion here. <laughs> Frankly, I would I, like, I would rather see Nick with Sharon a hundred times over than seeing Nick with Chelsea. And it's not to say that Nick and Chelsea aren't charming, but when you stack up Nick and Sharon and their epic relationship against Nick and anyone else or Sharon and anyone else except maybe Adam. Uh, it's there's just no competition there. But I would I just think that uh, Nick and Sharon are a great couple. We do seem to be having this kind of return to classic YNR writing and storytelling, and so I kind of wonder if that might be what they have in in store for us. But plus on the Nick and Chelsea front, it does kind of bug me that we're forgetting about the fact that Chelsea's keeping this secret from him. And it's not that Chelsea's secret is any worse than the secret that Sharon was keeping about Sully's paternity, but it would be nice to see a few scenes with Chelsea acknowledging the guilt that she's feeling, that she's become so close to Nick and that she is still keeping something from him. I mean, Nick is busting his butt right now to raise a son that might not even be his. So how long is Chelsea going to let that go on for? I don't know. Maybe forever. Maybe this will be like one of those secrets such as um, Lily's paternity that goes on for years. Oh boy, Devon is making a fast recovery. Genoa City Memorial must be a top-notch hospital. <laughs> Devon was on death's door last week, and this week he's been released and he's headed home. <laughs> oh boy. The details surrounding Devon's accident are still a bit fuzzy to Devon, and only to Devon, because everybody else in town uh, knows about it. Uh, and Hillary cannot help but continue to scramble to keep the details under wraps. And in fairness to Hillary, Stitch has told her and told everyone else that it would be traumatic for Devon to learn the truth. So Hillary is kind of following through with doctor's orders, but I wonder how long that excuse will last before it just becomes a lie. Lily's chomping at the bit to tell him, and now somebody's going to have to answer to the media. The reporters are hounding to try to find out, well, if Devon wasn't drunk at a benefit for alcoholics and addicts who are trying to recover, then why was he driving so fast in that car? Plus, 
all he has to do is flip on the TV and there will probably be a Juicy Buzz story all about the benefit scandal or he could turn on any of the other news stations. So maybe Devon will just figure out all of it on his own and feel betrayed by Hillary all over again. That's certainly possible. He's already having flashbacks. By the way, the uh, memory montage scene gave me a headache. <laughs> I almost had a seizure <laughs> uh, of the, 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 the car dashboard and his face and the, the road and the foot on the pedal. It was crazy. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose that we're getting close one way or the other. Maybe somebody who is well-meaning and loving of Devon will accidentally let it slip. I was a little worried that maybe Abby might be that person. It was good to see her at the hospital, though. I can't help feeling like Abby and Devon just make such good friends. Plus, it gave Abby an excuse to run into Stitch, and that was very sad. We were just talking last week about how Stitch needs to have more dimension to his character, so those two came face-to-face -face and kind of said an awkward, you know, goodbye. Uh, it was kind of sad. Maybe YNR is going to put Abby in a relationship with Devon. I know a lot of people have been asking that for a long time. Um, I like friends first, so I'd be really happy if they became friends. Devon needs a friend. Uh, he needs someone with an outside perspective to talk to and to give advice. Someone without an agenda. Victor is pulling back at Newman Enterprises while Abby is moving up. Uh, she is the daughter of Victor Newman and Ashley Abbott, so business is in her blood. This feels like a right move for me. I'm personally having a hard time seeing this version of Abby as a business shark. I don't think that the actress quite pulls it off. I hate to say that. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it would be nice to see the character succeed. So do you guys think that YNR is going to have Abby become the new head of Newman Enterprises? I think that's a good poll question for us this week. Would you like to see Abby become the CEO of Newman Enterprises? Enterprises. YRChat.com. Let's take the pulse on this. Leave me some comments. Let me know what you think about this, this business shark potential that Abby maybe would have, or would she bring a breath of fresh air into the whole culture at Newman Enterprises? I don't know. I would love to hear your opinions on whether you want to see Abby rise through the ranks at Newman Enterprises. For now, though, it's clear that Victor is willing to pull back. He is playing chess. <laughs> he is boxing. But what's next for the great man? They were alluding to this a little bit this week as Victor's talking to Nikki about the next phase of his life. And it does seem like it's seemingly a new stage in his life. But I cannot imagine that hanging out at home is going to satisfy him for much longer. So another good question is what type of challenge would you like to see Victor take on? something's got to happen with them, and we need to cherish these happy moments between Victor and Nikki because something else is right around the corner. I don't know if it'll be good for them. I don't know if it'll be bad for them. Maybe Victor Newman will write a book because
because uh, I am reminded that Eric Braden's book, uh, it's called I'll Be Damned, <laughs> is coming out on February 7th, and I really want to get it. Uh, I think it would be an interesting tie-in if maybe Victor decided to write a book about his life, just as Eric Braden is writing a book about his. I mean, Victor has had a book written about him before, but it wasn't written by him. Maybe this time he can have an authorized biography. Uh, I think the title would be what do you think the title would be? <laughs> Here's mine. I think we all know this is probably the runner-up. It's going to be, I built this company from the ground up. Lauren finally tells Michael all about the troubles she's been having at Fenmore's. And of course, he is hurt that she couldn't confide in him. But I liked the way that she explained it, saying that she was just embarrassed. I mean, money issues are something that Lauren and Michael have never really had to deal with. She's always been rich. He's always done very well for himself. And I also think this is another realistic storyline that's being brought to the forefront. I mean, a lot of couples do have issues over money and that's something that Lauren and Michael are going to have to face together but I believe as a fan of this couple that they will get through it together. Michael and Lauren are just so cute. I loved the way Michael got Gloria out of the way this week and they just had a quiet evening at home with some champagne, her favorite. <laughs> they had a toast. I, I just had a big smile on my face through that entire scene. I also had a smile on my face uh, during Kevin and Chloe being pretty funny with uh, sexy trench coat time. <laughs> that was funny. Chloe showed up nude at the police station, sort of. She was nude underneath her trench coat and she was giving him a flash, which I think is uh, technically a criminal offense, I would imagine, or at least at least a, a little misdemeanor crime that she could have been arrested for. And she was very brazen to try that in a police station. Uh, Michael and Kevin are both playing hot potato with Gloria at this point. Neither one of them wants to be stuck with her. Michael and Lauren have been dealing with her since Christmas, and now they want Kevin <laughs> to deal with her. They want Gloria to just go live with Kevin, which uh, uh, Chloe is going to hit the roof about, especially after the sauna incident. Kevin and Chloe are just trying to have a little sexy sauna time after sexy trench coat time, and Gloria ends up buttoning up into their uh, their fun. Um, I, I, I cannot imagine a scenario that Kevin, where Kevin would agree to Gloria going to live with him, but he did. How about just saying no, buddy? How about just saying no thanks? <laughs> he brokered this free babysitting for Bella deal with Michael in exchange he takes Gloria, which does not feel like a solid deal to me. I think that Kevin should have negotiated for more. I think he got the raw end of that deal. But uh, who knows? Maybe Gloria will find a way to get to the bottom of Chloe's paternity secret or the fact that she killed Adam. I mean, um, doesn't she have something hidden in a shoebox in her closet somewhere that someone can find? 
For now, Gloria's main focus seems to be on Lauren's business. She meets with Jack this week to let him know that she is going to use her savvy to serve Fenmore's to him on a silver platter. And then she engages in this whole steam room sabotage thing where she thwarts Lauren's sweet deal that she had brokered with this business guy. It was going to fix everything. It was going to give her the leeway that she wanted. And Gloria was able to throw a wrench into it simply by telling this guy privately that she had a bad customer service experience at Fenmore's. It was just so ridiculous. I just I'm watching this scene thinking, please, it's funny and it's kitschy and I like it on one level. But one customer service experience, he's going to he's going to blow this whole deal over one customer service experience. I mean, every business, every big business anyway, has bad customer service service. It's not so unusual, but Gloria was able to do it. She was able to thwart the better deal that Lauren was going to have, uh, which is so delightfully disgusting. I think that that's a good way of describing Gloria at this point. Does she really think she's doing this for Lauren? I can't wait until Jill catches a whiff of what's going on at Fenmore's. A, because I like Jill and I kind of want to see her butt up into this. And B, because I'd love to see Jill kick Gloria in the pants. (laughs) That'd be a good way to rise Jill up and show her meddling doing something for the good. But uh, now everything is blown. Lauren needs an alternate plan. Happy crossover note, John McCook is going to be crossing over from Bold and the Beautiful onto The Young and the Restless on January 27th. So I think that's going to be, I don't know, I'm imagining that maybe Lauren's going to ask him first to see if if Eric Forrester can bail out her company before she ultimately ends up giving in to Jack. Um, I, I, I watch both shows, so I'm happy about a crossover. And I am kind of happy about seeing Jack take it over too. I think it's going to be a juicy storyline. I don't want anything bad to happen to Lauren, but I kind of think that maybe it could it could be interesting. Um, Phyllis has a plan <laughs> at this point. She may be able to save the day. She may be able to woo Ravi away from Jabot to come work at Fenmore's, which is really going to piss Jack off. <laughs> Especially since he just carved out five whole minutes for taking a moment to give Robbie a a pat on the back for a job well done. (laughs) Uh, Admittedly, I'm having a hard time believing that anything that they dangle in front of Robbie would be enough to woo him away from Jabot. I think that uh, Robbie working with Ashley so close on a day-to-day basis is all of the incentive for a job that he needs. I love this guy, by the way. I think Robbie is really fun and really funny. It's fun to watch the crush that he has on Ashley. She sure knows how to turn on his drill. (laughs) I had to laugh that this guy needed a drill and goggles to put together an Ikea desk.
This has been a week of New Year's resolutions in a completely different way. We had the resolution of Abby and Stitch's marriage, and we also had a resolution on Phyllis and Billy's affair. They had a run-in at Crimson Lights where it was very sad but affectionate, where they each kind of wished each other the best and decided and acknowledged that they're both moving on with their lives. I, um, I feel like that affair was over maybe a little too too fast, almost just as fast as it had begun. But Billy is all about Victoria and Reed right now. I think it's a great story, specifically because, once again, we're being shown some real dynamics here, real family dynamics, real mother-son dynamics. Victoria feels like she doesn't know her son anymore, and Reed feel like, feels like his mother only sees him as a child, and he can't be who he was to her. He, he is, he's evolving. He's moving on. I like this story, and it is actually surprisingly satisfying to me to see Billy kind of in the middle of all of this. He has taken on the role of the fun parent. He gets to be the fun parent, whereas Victoria is the disciplinarian, and it's because she is his mother. Billy's not Reed's father, yet he is kind of the man in Victoria's life right now, and so he ended up taking on that role. Uh, and, and, and being the fun parent makes him the perfect person for Reed to talk to about sex. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Reed approaches Billy for sex advice this week. Ah, I think Billy's probably the perfect person for Reed to talk to because Billy has had a lot of sex. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I just about died when Reed whipped out the, that roll of condoms. <laughs> it was just such a great moment. Not only was it funny, but in truth, it was a sincere moment. Reed has questions about sex and not the kind of questions that can be answered in a health class. He wants to know the practicals. And I think that's totally normal. This is a completely usual thing that would, that would happen. Boys would be curious. And it's good to know that Reed has somebody he feels like he can ask, an adult that he feels like he can ask. And I kept thinking that Reed is, you know, he's really putting himself out there by by approaching Billy with this type of question because it's embarrassing. It's mortifying. And, you know, I felt like Reed was really exposed in that moment. He exposed himself uh, kind of emotionally and at the place where he is in his life. And I liked that he had somebody like Billy that he could talk to. Now, last week's poll was a, 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 a first impressions of Reed poll. And 77% of you said thumbs up to new Reed. Uh, only 23% uh, gave new Reed a thumbs down. And it seemed like uh, mostly from the comments that I've read, it's that people seem to like the actor, but are unsure about where the storyline is headed. But for the most part, everybody seems to like Reed. I give him a thumbs up to Reed seems like a cute kid who's going through real issues. It's a nice change of pace rather than Reed just being either a pure demon seed or on the other extreme, extreme uh, a, a, a chess club starting goody two-shoes.
Let the adventure begin. <laughs> Last week's quote was a sarcastic comment that came from Victoria. It was a really, really hard one. That quote was one I wasn't expecting very many people to get.、Uh, only four people got that one right. It was Nathalie, Henry, and Nancy. And Nancy, I guess I got two for Nancy's. So unless there's two Nancy's, <laughs> I don't know. Three or four of you got it right. Congratulations, Victoria was commenting、uh, to Billy about getting to know Reed, and she sarcastically said,、uh, "Let the adventure begin." <laughs>、uh, I have another one for you this week that I think was would have been a hard one to catch, but you might be able to deduce it if you if you think about it. This week's quote is, "I'm a dead man." <laughs> Who in general? City is a dead man. You can go to yrchat.com if you would like to leave your guess and let me know who said it. I'm a dead man. Let's get to your comments for the week. At yrchat.com, I put up a blog post for you guys to share your YNR predictions for the year 2017, and I got some good ones. I thought I would read out first. Like, I'm sorry, but these are really funny. This came from Tanya.、Uh, Tanya predicts that in 2017 there will be an event somewhere where everyone will gather and something bad will happen that shocks everyone and us. <laughs> I'd say that is a pretty sure bet,、uh, Tanya. Also predicts that there will be another car accident or an accident of some kind. Someone、uh, will get pregnant and two exes will get back together. <laughs> Very funny, Tanya. And Anne also left a prediction that follows suit, saying someone will go to jail. Just don't know who it is right now. <laughs> I love those. I think、uh, th that's just you. You guys、uh, are Nostradamuses. <laughs> I think you may be right on those.、Uh, I left a prediction. Saying that I think Lily will take a new job at Brash and Sassy, and then in the previews、uh, for Monday's show, Lily is modeling at Brash and Sassy. So maybe that's going to come true. And I saw an update、uh, in CBS Soaps in Depth that、uh, a new character has been、uh, cast. Darnell Kirkwood is the actor. He's being cast as a character named Jordan Wild, who is. A photographer. <laughs>、uh, I have a sense that maybe he's going to be a photographer for Brash and Sassy, and that he's going to be photographing old Lily. And it doesn't hurt that he's the sexy guy. <laughs> I, I think maybe we might be able to safely predict a little bit of a hitch for Lily and Kane. I mean, Kane's got his therapist. Lily's got this new photographer.、Hmm. Maybe、uh, Jamie at yrchat.com predicts that Lily and Kane will stay together, but the twins will get sorazed,、uh, rapidly aged, so that Reed will have more teens to interact with. I like that idea. I do think Jamie that we need some more teens on the show to give Reed some context. I like where he is now, but he he does kind of exist in a world of his own. There,、uh, Sharita predicts that Jack will sleep with Hillary. Do you think so? Wow,、um, Neil was kind of talking with Jack a little bit this week、uh, about his support for Hillary, and who knows? Who knows? Maybe it will develop into a little some something. Colleen、uh, predicts that Crimson Lights will change hands again, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, Colleen, because 
if Dylan is going to be off indefinitely, then who's going to own Crimson Lights? Is it going to be someone like Esther since she was working there and we just won't see them? Or is there any chance, this would make me so happy, that Nick and Sharon will purchase the coffee house and run it together again? Wouldn't that be so nice? Or who knows, maybe Noah or something. There's, they gotta, if, if Dylan is going to be off the scene, darn it, we need a new owner for Crimson Lights. Uh, Zuperplex says he believes that Victor and Jack will battle each other over control of Fenmore's. I like that a lot because it means Jack is going to wrangle it away from Lauren, which I think, of course, I've said a million times is a great storyline. And it brings Victor back into the fold. Maybe Victor won't be uh, silently sitting back for long. Maybe he's going to try to take something new away from Jack next year. And uh, we also have Ryan predicting that Jill and Lauren will discover that they are not sisters. Now, uh, last week I had asked the question uh, if anybody could give me a little bit of background about Neil's dad. And uh, um, uh, the username fan since 1979 left a comment on the website saying Neil Fenmore was a handsome and likable character who, after his wife left him, raised Lauren on his own while still running Fenmore's. He's actually Jill's dad too. His high school sweetheart gave their baby girl up for adoption and then committed suicide. Of course, years later, Jill discovered this, but only after Neil had died of a stroke in the mid-80s. So thank you, fan since 1979, for giving me that background on Neil Fenmore. I always had a problem believing that Jill was actually um, Lauren's sister and that she was a Fenmore, and not because it was a leap of storyline faith, purely because I wanted to believe and still want to believe that Jill was Catherine's daughter. That was one of my favorite storyline twists ever, uh, and I still, I'm still i still having a hard time getting over that. But uh, thank you for the background. Um, Justin left me a voicemail this past week saying, the Lauren and Gloria feud has a lot of potential and is kind of reminiscent of the Sheila Lauren days. Uh, Gloria gives Lauren someone to keep her on her toes. I agree, Justin. I kind of hope Gloria sticks around. Justin also reminded me that this week is the 10-year anniversary of Daniel Godard. I never know how to say his name. Uh, uh, has been on the show. Can you believe we've had Kane for a, a decade now? It seems like just yesterday when he was coming in pretending to be Philip Chancellor. So, uh, c- congratulations to Daniel. Uh, I most definitely like having him and his tight, tight jeans on the show. Uh, Melissa at YRChat.com says, Allie, I am really Relying on you this week to tell me what happens in the Gloria scenes. I have to fast forward whenever I see her. I just cannot stand her. Whenever she came out of the box on Christmas, I was like, oh, hell no. She is so over the top. She never blinks. Her mouth is so big and weird. And the acting is so bad, I can't watch. I just feel like she really cheeses up the show. (laughs) Well, I'm going to enjoy Gloria being on the show, Melissa. (laughs) I'll enjoy it for you. It is cheesy. That is kind of the vibe that the actress brings to it. I'll give you that. And it is sort of a throwback to the old cheesy soaps. Uh, Daisy on Facebook says, Ravi has power tools? I thought, oh no, he's gonna make a box to put Ashley in. (laughs) Stalker Michael 2.0, Daisy says. Uh, She also goes on to, to make a really good point here. 
Daisy says, I started to wonder if Ravi is more than a stalker. It's possible that Ravi is spying on Jabot. First, he's in a meeting with Jack and Ashley. Then he's in the office with his headphones on. And that's when I started to wonder, did Ravi put a bug in Jack's office? Is he working for Victor or even someone we haven't seen yet? The only thing I believe about Ravi is that he is hiding something. Ooh, you always blow my mind, Daisy, with your with your uh, sort of uh, theories and predictions and finding little holes where I never would have thought of them. That's so good. That is so good because it doesn't make sense that Ravi is so innocent and he would just be lured away by Phyllis when he, he seems to love Ashley so much. But it's possible he's kind of blinding her. She, you know, probably sees him as someone who needs a little help and a little bit of a wounded bird. And, and who knows, maybe Ravi is pulling the wool over all of our eyes. I love that. Uh, Robbie at YRChat.com says, I love, love, love Hillary. Love to hate her, that is. The actress is superb. The storyline is wonderful. And the character hit, is hitting the right balance for me. The moment she is about to head into full-on villainy, she turns around and I sympathize with her. I like your point, Robbie. And we were talking a lot last week about how uh, much Hillary is a polarizing character. And Charbot on YouTube follows that up by saying the character of Hillary is flawed like every other character on YNR. Hillary is bitchy when she needs to be, when her back is against the wall and she feels she needs to be defensive, i.e. against Lily and Mariah. And then Hillary is sweet and genuine when she's with people who she loves, i.e. Devon and Jack and in the past, Neil. Really, really how I feel, Sharbat. That is, it is true. Uh, and she's just an interesting character overall. And Sharbat goes on to say uh, regarding Sharon, like last week I had made the comparison that Hillary is sort of like Sharon and that they're women who have done these terrible things yet you want to root for them because you like the actress or you like you want to like the character and Charbot says uh, Sharon was in character I think when uh, she was scolding Mariah last week she was always the voice of reason at her core before she started to be written as a nutcase <laughs> um, yeah uh, it is it was a stark turn she, and she wasn't always like that Sharon was not always the kind the bipolar of a uh, uh, wacky kind of character on the show lots of predictions uh, in our 2017 prediction thread which by the way you can go to yrchat.com and leave your predictions I'm only going to leave that thread open for one more week so uh, if you're hearing this and you want to give some predictions if you want to read some predictions there was a ton more than just the ones that I mentioned uh, you can go to the website and read and contribute and you can also view the predictions we did for 2016 a lot of people made predictions about Dylan and what was going to happen uh, with him, so I thought I'd condense those and read them. Uh, Ryan thinks that Sharon will find her father while going undercover to search for Dylan. Sharita thinks that Dylan will be recast and come back to divorce Sharon. Tony, I like this one, thinks that Victor could go off and rescue Dylan for Nikki. That would give Victor something to do. Uh, Jamie says she thinks Dylan will get a taste of the dark side while he is on his undercover mission and like it. 
right? <laughs> uh, thus leaving his life in Genoa City behind to dive headfirst into a world of crime. And then Katie on Facebook also says maybe Dylan's exit won't be him dying. Maybe it will be him getting into legal trouble. I think Dylan took this assignment because he needed a break from being the nice guy Dylan McAvoy and needed to be someone else for a while. I really, really like that observation, Katie, by the way, that Dylan might want to be someone else for a while. And that is part of his uh, motive for go ahead and for taking a dangerous role. Really, really good. Uh, Lot Folly at YRChat.com says, I gotta say, Dylan is way in over his head trying to play the suave James Bond type. That bar scene on Wednesday was painful to watch. All of the scenes with Dylan and Alex have been painful to watch. It's like a Saturday night live send up of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> does, does everybody feel that way? Anna left me a voicemail and said that the scenes with Dylan, uh, also the scenes with Abby and Victor were really hard to watch. That uh, Anna says that these are the reasons people make fun of soap operas. <laughs> that might very well be the case. Um, I, th- I thought it was entertaining. I, maybe I was reading too much into it or just especially enjoying the show uh, where it is. Gary left me a voicemail saying uh, that he had heard kind of a hint from Soap Opera Digest that Sharon might be taking things into her own hands and will end up compromising Dylan's assignment. So I wonder if that goes back to what uh, Ryan was saying, that maybe Sharon uh, will kind of go undercover and search for Dylan and maybe she'll uncover something about her past uh, all on her own. Uh, Gary goes on to say that Paul and Chris are coming down on Sharon for how she's responding to all of this, but I don't believe anyone consulted with Sharon about the idea of sending Dylan undercover. It was just thrown at her. Uh, Gary also says, I don't think there is any writing that YNR can come up with that will make me feel sorry for Paul if the worst happens. Yeah, I know. I mean, him and and Christine are just agonizing over Dylan's safety. Maybe you shouldn't have put him in this position in the first place. James at YRChat was following up on something we talked about last week, uh, specifically how Reed and Faith were probably the same age. And James says he looked it up. Faith was born in 2006. (laughs) Reed was born in 2007. So Faith is technically a year older than Reed. Uh, And finally, Aaron on YouTube says, I predict that Victor will give Reed a job and that Noah will also take a job at Newman Enterprises to watch out and protect Reed from being brainwashed by Victor. That's a pretty good prediction, too. We know that Noah is real bitter against Victor and Noah seems to um, he needs he needs some direction. So who knows? Noah needs something, some kind of story in 2017. Okay, everybody, that does it for me for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's shows and that you leave me a comment. Go to YRChat.com to let it rip, (laughs) to vote in the polls, to see the the weekly uh, photo captions and the Who Said It game. There's lots of stuff right there on the website. And you can also find from the website the Facebook page, the YouTube page. The voicemail is 309-588-4569. You can contact Contact me a number of different ways. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. Give me your predictions. I always love hearing from you. And I will see you back again here next Sunday. Everybody have a good week. I love you. Bye.